Hello friends, welcome back to Liz Life. That's Liz with two Z's. I am your host, Elizabeth with an S. Last week we talked about boundaries and boundary setting 101. How do we navigate those? Today we are talking about growth mindset and evolution. What is a growth mindset? How do we evolve? And how do we do that without bringing shame to ourselves or hurting our own feelings? You know, doing what I do for a living, um, prescribing fitness, training clients, you know, a lot of that is very emotional. A lot of that does require a very high EQ, a little bit of psych, a little bit of psychology involved. Um, because you want to encourage people to do better, but you don't want to shame them into doing that. When people come to me, they are inherently saying, I want to do better. I want to do better. I want to be better. Whatever it is that I'm doing isn't working for me. I want more. Help me do that. And I say, let's unpack that. Let's figure out where you are and where you want to go and how to get there. It is not my job to tell people what their goals are, what their aspirations are. It is their job to tell me what they want and my job to help them navigate that and get them there. Um, Also, that's the job of any good trainer. Do not let any trainers come and tell you what your goals are. That's up to you. So a thought bubble there. But anyway, I digress. Um, When someone comes to me and says, I want X, Y, and Z, and we, and we unpack it a little bit, it, essentially they are saying, help me do better. And so it's my job to help ask them questions and lead them into, well, what behaviors are you doing that don't serve you? What behaviors are you exemplifying? What are, what's some language that you're doing? What's some language that you're using that's not serving you, right? And how do we reframe that to do better, to help create either habits or a physique or a lifestyle that helps you feel better, that serves you. Now, there are a couple of big hallmarks on a growth mindset. First, it's not enough just to come in and ask for help because you have to say, you know, that, that second step of, well, for, it is important to ask for help, but the second step on that is, are you willing to admit that what you're doing isn't working? Or are you willing to admit that you could be doing something better. And then are you willing to identify what that is and take actionable steps to do better, right? That process um, of being receptive to feedback and then implementing the feedback that serves you, maybe leave the feedback that doesn't, um, that is very difficult for a lot of people. You know, that is something that requires um, a very delicate approach, I think, to start. Now, I am someone who has become very receptive to feedback, but I was not always that way. Um, When I was younger, I, you know, was very autonomous. I talked about this in my first podcast. I was very reactionary. Um, I, 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 use an analogy of like a sea dinghy, right? I was very easily rocked and swayed by every little thing, very volatile, could not be trusted. And when I stepped into a management position and I had to manage staff and train them and get them to under, you know, and, and, and get them to operate as a team, that was very difficult because they couldn't trust me. They couldn't trust me to have their back. They couldn't trust to communicate with me. And that was on me. 
you know, that was entirely on me because I had not created a safe space for them to grow. Right. Well, um, I had not created that team environment. And so I really had to dig deep down and say, how do I communicate better? How do I more accurately articulate how I'm feeling? Um, and that took a lot, you know, that took a lot of intention because first you have to say, how do I, what is wrong with what I'm doing now? Right. It's very easy. And I think you see this a lot with managers and pseudo leaders. They feel very entitled to get people to follow them. And it is not that way. Um, people will let you lead them if they trust you. But in order for them to trust you, you have to become somebody who is trustworthy. Um, that is entirely on you. It is very easy to say, well, and I talked about this on my last podcast on the boundaries episode. Um, it's very easy to say, well, this is who I am. And if people don't like it, tough titty. No, 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 no. If you are continuously being received poorly, that is on you. Right. And that was on me. Um, so I had to do a lot of work on the way that I communicated and the way that I reacted. You know, we are responsible for the art output into the world. We can't always control our feelings, but we can control the way that we, the way that we react. That journey is very, can be very long and arduous. You know, it starts with clocking the behavior. And when I was first on this path, on this journey, um, I would still kind of, you know, I would be very reactionary, but then I would sit with my thoughts and I would be like, Ooh, I did not like what I just did there. I did not like how I responded. So I would have to reach out and apologize. Um, and ask for forgiveness and acknowledge my poor behavior and take responsibility for that. And that was step one. Um, and that kind of started this path. Then I would have to check my behavior, right? As you kind of move through that, you're able to kind of clock when you start to feel that chaotic energy and you can stop yourself and say, Ooh, I don't, I don't want to behave this way. I'm going to take a second to choose how I'm going to respond. And then you, you try some stuff and you try some stuff and some things land and some things don't, but that is also a process and you keep doing that. You keep doing that. And when you mess up, you apologize. Um, and then eventually you wake up and you don't have to try as hard, right? I, I don't exist as that reactionary person anymore from day to day because I have kind of trained that out of me. Um, and that has given me the tools to start this podcast. I thought it was a long journey. And it's not to say that it's perfect. It's not to say that I get it right all the time. Um, I still don't like, I still have feelings. I'm not a robot. Um, but I don't have to try as hard and I genuinely don't feel that way anymore. Like, um, my seaboat analogy, I used to be a dinghy that was rocked and swayed. Um, and now I'm a yacht. I have built internal stabilizers that keep me grounded and it would take a Titanic sized iceberg to sink this ship. I am just not interested in feeling like that. I'm just not interested in feeling or feeding that chaotic energy anymore. Um, that's again, it's not perfect. I definitely have moments where, Ooh, old Liz is not nice. <laughs> Um, uh, there are a lot of versions of me that I've gone through over the years as I evolve and continue to evolve. Um, but this tongue is very sharp. You know, um, my mother is a lawyer who majored in linguistics. So I am armed with a very wide range of vocabulary. Um, and unfortunately I used to weaponize my words and that is not something that I try to do anymore. Um, but that was something that I used to do was very sharp very cutthroat. Um, if you hurt the people that I love, 
please beware. These talons are not for show. Um, but for the most part, I try not to exist in that space, right? Being able to, you know, deciding who you want to be and being able to take actionable steps to try to become that person is a journey. But you can wake up every day and feel good about the decisions you have made, about the way that you have communicated. You can feel good that you have done your best to be the best that you can be. And again, sometimes we nail it. Sometimes we don't. Sometimes my best is up here. Sometimes she'd be way down here, but we're doing our best. Um, not too long ago, I have a girlfriend and she, you know, she came over for dinner and we were talking and she was talking to me about this guy that she started talking to and something that we were talking about kind of triggered this emotional response in me. And I was about to, because I'm so comfortable with her fly off the handle and be very reactionary. Um, and I took a second and I took a deep breath and I clocked my energy and I said, you know, in my head, I'm like, if I, I mean, it's not very conscious, but I know that if I fly off the handle, that will not be received well. And so I, clocked the energy and I tried to dial it down, uh, you know, and then I kind of expressed myself and she looked at me and she said, you know, I feel like I just watched you bury your feelings. Like I just saw that all over your face and like, you need to be able to express your feelings and, um, all this stuff. And she's not wrong. Um, in that I do have a tendency to bury my feelings. That is something that I do, um, in an attempt to keep moving forward. But in that moment, that's not what I was doing. In that moment, I was choosing how I wanted to respond. I clocked the chaotic energy and I w decided that I wanted to behave in a way that was going to be well-received. Well I wanted to articulate myself better. But she has a very solid point in that it's important to feel your feelings, clock them the way that something makes you feel, and then maybe when you have a second later you know, circle back to that and unpack why did that make you feel that way and sit with that for a little bit. You know, we can't always control how we feel or how something makes us feel, but we can control how we react. We can control the energy that we put out into the universe. We can, we can make a decision about how we want the people around us to feel when they are around us. Can they trust us with sacred information and we don't dump our own trauma onto them when they have been kind enough to open up their vulnerability to us. Um, that is a decision that you have to make and one that takes intention to do. So that's just an example of that. And again, just to show I'm still navigating that and I will probably navigate that my whole life, but hopefully I will get better and better and better back into the fitness space right? Um, when someone comes and says, well, I want this, this, and this, I want to sleep better. I want to be more mobile. I want to um, change my body composition. I say, what are your habits? You know, my bad habit was being very reactionary. I wanted to be a leader. How do I, how, what steps do I have to take to make that happen? Um, if you say I want these things, but I, but you're not willing to say, well, I'm not sleeping well. I'm having caffeine before bed. I'm not committing to my movement. I'm not stretching, right? If you want to be more mobile, baby, you got to stretch. <laughs> 
um, you know, movement and stretching are not, are not the same thing. We have to be intentional with the things that we want to do. If you want to change your body composition, you have to get some protein. You have to get some movement. Um, if you want to sculpt stronger legs, you have to work out your legs. And, you know, it sounds, um, it sounds so simple, but it's difficult because when I ask people, have you been doing this and this, um, we tend to overestimate our effort, um, and underestimate our results. And what I mean, maybe that's not the perfect way to say that, but what I mean is that if you do something one time and you did that for a couple of days, a few weeks ago, I'm going to ask you, how many times did you do that? How many, how many days of the week are you committing to that behavior? And if in a six week, you know, run, you have only done that five days for two weeks out of the six weeks, you might not be super close to your goals and that's okay. But being honest and authentic with ourselves about that helps us to feel more in control about our path and our journey. Um, again, I mentioned there are things that serve our goals and there are things that serve our soul. And if you continue to feed the things in, in this context, and that was more about nutrition, but if you feed the things that don't serve your goals and you don't leave room for the things that serve your goals, you probably won't reach your goals. And that's okay. If you're okay with that, again, it's not my job to tell you what your goals are. That's your job. When someone comes to me and says, I want X, Y, and Z, I'm like, okay, cool. How do we get there? How do I arm you with the tools to get the things that you want? But first we have to unpack what you're doing. Are you receptive to me saying, Hey, maybe this behavior isn't serving your goals. Maybe we could do this better. Maybe there is a more efficient way to fit your lifestyle that will help you be who you want to be or help become the person you want to be. There is a book called Atomic Habits by James Clear, um, which is really helpful. And I love some of the language. And actually, I, I had been doing a lot of this and implementing this in our programming um, before I even read the book. But essentially, it's saying in order to be who you want to be, you have to create habits of the person you want to be. And again, you don't always nail it, but you start with something small. Um, for some people, I'll say add one protein shake a day just one. I'm not going to ask you not to eat anything. I'm not going to ask you to do something else. Just make sure you're getting some kind of protein supplement a day. Um, if your job is really busy, you don't have time to cook, whatever it is, supplement with something, create this one habit, this one intentional habit. Some people just drink some water every day, whatever it is for you, just an example. Um, and that helps to bring an awareness to their nourishment right? And an awareness to their goals. And then sometimes that will help create better habits. And you, you know, I like to say, I reward your hard work with more hard work, right? If you tell me you're not eating, then I say to you, what, what's one thing that I can get you to eat a day that will serve you. Let's make that a habit. And then we add more and more and more. Um, because if it, you know, it's very easy to, have this big picture view of who you want to be and the habits that person has and do all the things, but that is not sustainable. And it's not, um, that's just not how life works. You're not going to wake up one day and all of your habits will be changed. All these things. That, that's why I'm not a huge fan of these like really aggressive challenges of these, like, you know, 
you know, 30, 60, 75 day, whatever's some people really like them. I get it. Um, it's very easy for them to just turn off their brains and execute. I appreciate that. I do, but it is not sustainable. And usually after those days, they go right back to their old habits because they have not created habits. They have not created true habits that they can sustain every single day. Um, they think, Oh, I've done it. It's over. I'm fixed now. Now I can go back to doing what I was doing. Um, it doesn't really bode a lifestyle change. And I will say this, if you do a diet and it works, you shouldn't have to do it again because it inherently means it, it didn't hold, it didn't work. I try not to frame things as diets, more as lifestyle changes and things that serve you and your goals so that you can still live your life and reach your goals. And you don't have to, there's not a switch of, oh, well, I have to do this in order to get this. No, we're just going to create better patterns to grow. But in order to do that, again, back to a growth mindset, doing things like diets and challenges aren't, don't really come from a growth place because they say, well, if I, if I do this and this will get me to want to be, and I can still be, but I can still be who I am. A growth mindset says what I am doing, who I am right now, the habits that I have are not serving my goals and I am going to try to be better. Again, that's very difficult for people to digest. First, you have to say, I have this goal. Then you have to say, I have these habits that don't serve my goal. How do I break these habits, change these habits, adjust these patterns to do better, to arm myself and arm myself with the tools to be a version of myself that exists in this goal space, that exists in this space of growth, that is a little bit better than I was before. Um, you can do that by talking to your friends about it, telling them, Hey, this is something that I'm working on. Can you clock my behavior kindly? Um, can you help me do this? Can you give me feedback? Like, um, that was really helpful for me. You know, sometimes if I had an interaction with someone and I, I was a little unsure about my reaction, I would ask someone who was present and say, Hey, how was my behavior just now? Was that, was that off? Like, how do you think that was received? And sometimes you do need an outside perspective, um, to help you navigate and arm you with perspective so that you can do better. And then of course I would, you know, sometimes I would apologize. Sometimes I wouldn't, depending on the conversation I had with my friends, but having a safe space to grow or to be with someone like that, or, um, or to receive feedback from someone like that is really important. So if you don't have someone like that in your life, I would encourage you to get a therapist or someone that you can talk to about these responses. You can hire an exercise physiologist, a trainer, whatever, a coach, um, to help you navigate certain behaviors. But if they're more, um, if they require a little bit deep, something a little bit deeper, maybe you do want a mental health professional specifically. Um, once you have perspective and you start to get armed with more tools, then you just have to work on implementing them and allow yourself the space to say, Hey, that one, that interaction wasn't perfect or that decision wasn't perfect, but I, I am doing okay. I am doing my best. Um, try not to shame yourself when you have an interaction, try not to let that live in your heart when you, or when you make a bad decision, you know, some people, when they talk about their nourishment, there's a lot of shame that comes along with food or skipping a workout or whatever it is. Um, you don't have to exist in shame. 
you just clock in and say, I'm going to do better next time. I'm going to try, but I'm going to try again tomorrow. I'm going to try again later. I will try today. I'm going to drink some water and take a, take a beat and do a little bit better and be honest with yourself. You know, it does require a growth mindset, requires a lot of reflection on your behaviors. What happens a lot is we fib to ourselves about our behaviors and then we feel lost and chaotic. Why isn't anything working? Why aren't I getting better? Why aren't I doing this? You have to be able to sit and reflect and not shame, but just reflect on the actions that were taken. Take your Try to take your emotions out of it. I know it's very difficult, but reflect on the actions that were taken and then create more actionable steps to try to do better, try to implement those steps in your life. So you can acknowledge where you're at, where you are, where you want to be, and then make a plan to help you get there. Right. This is how we evolve because we don't want to change who we are entirely. You know, I'm still, I am still who I am at my core. Um, but I want to be a better version of me, a less reactionary version of me, someone who lives a more peaceful life. Right. Um, (laughs) I posted this reel earlier today. Um, it's like this sound is like a, teenage dirt bag. And so you post yourself and then, you know, some photos from when you were a teenager and my friends that knew me back then still, I mean, we're still friends now are commenting and it's, it's really funny. Um, and I, and I was struggling to think of a caption and I wrote same, but different because I, I recognize that girl. She loves to have fun. I still love to have fun. I love to have a good time. I am of the belief that life is meant to be celebrated. I love to celebrate with my friends. I love to go out and dance. Um, you know, I love to have a good time and to be around good energy. I do love that on this at the same time. I don't know that I would be doing the same things that I was doing as a teenage dirtbag. Um, I lived a very full and maybe dangerous life. <laughs> as a teenager. Um, but it did arm me with a lot of experience that most kids do not get. Um, and so when I got to college, I was able to navigate that, I think a little bit better than maybe some people who were more sheltered, but also those experiences gave me a lot of wisdom and perspective on a lot of different types of people. Um, some of the underbelly of society. Um, but it, it gave me a lot of perspective of who I wanted to be, things that I liked, things that I didn't like. Um, and now I am armed with a lot of tools, um, that those experiences gave me. So I would not change them for anything. And I really love that even as I exist now, um, some of that still with me, you know, I had red hair and dark, I had red hair and dark eyeliner. Um, I still love skulls, right? My mom came in and saw my decor and she said, (laughs) she's like, is it Halloween? And I said, it's always Halloween. It's always Halloween. These, these goals will stay up forever. Um, but you know, some yoga, some Zen, some gold, some bedazzle. I love it. Right. Um, so some things, you know, in my core don't change, but the way that I operate certainly has changed, um, as an adult woman (laughs) with responsibilities, uh, and a mortgage. But, you know, you don't want to lose your personality. You don't want to lose who you are. But that's what evolution is. You are evolving. You are still you, a homo sapien. But 
different, right? Same, but different. Um, constantly improving and growing and creating more habits for yourself. So the big takeaway here is how do I create habits that serve me? How do I become receptive to how do I come become receptive to feedback in order to grow? You know, I will say this. I have lost a couple of friendships over the years because they don't want to grow. And it's not that I require people in my life to grow, but I am very receptive to feedback. And there are a lot of people who still identify with the person that I used to be, which is super fair. They don't really see the person that I am now, but also they are not growing. And so I no longer identify with who they are. Um, you know, I went home a couple weeks ago and this is a, a separate thought, but I went home a couple weeks ago, um, and caught up with some of my friends and they were, you know, teasing me and being like, you know, I'm, I'll watch your podcast when the real you comes out, right. When toxic Liz comes back and I, <laughs> and I laughed, uh, because well, for, on a couple of different layers. Number one, uh, there are tiers of friendships, right? Tier one are the people, you, tier one is your innermost sanctum. Those are the people that you can have a bad day with. You can be your most Kremlin self. You can fall apart in front of these people and they know who you are in your core and they will love you anyway, right? You can be, they, they see your darkest sides and they love you anyway. Tier two friends don't really get a whole lot of that you have to be a little bit more careful because they might repeat those parts of who you are, or they might hold on to those, right? They don't get quite that kind of vulnerability. Um, to your three friends, they don't really get any access to that, but they are fun to hang out with and you love spending time with them because they're fun, whatever, more, a little bit more surface level. And then you have acquaintances and people can move and shift tiers as they grow and you grow and, you know, you clock certain behaviors and changes in your lives, whatever. And so I'm caught, you know, we're constantly adjusting those tiers. And here's my thing. Not everybody gets tier one access to me, this podcast included. Um, you know, I, I am my most authentic self. This is a version of who I am, but I'm not gonna fall apart every episode, um, or be react or be that reactionary version of myself because that's not who I generally try to exist as, you know, not the general public doesn't get tier one Liz, you know, um, it's a different space. Number two, another reason I found it kind of fun or funny is that I love that this is who I am now. And she's almost unrecognizable from the toxic version of myself that used to exist. And that like, I think I could have, I could have had my feelings hurt, but instead I was just really proud of myself for, not really identifying with that version of me. And maybe this version isn't as funny um, or sharp tongued, but I am more peaceful. I exist in a better space now, you know, and that sharp tongue still exists, but it's less reactionary now, you know? Um, and I'm really proud of that. So, you know, I thought that was really funny and I love, and I love my friends. Um, and they love me. I know that, but it, it did make me feel good because I was, I had also brought a friend with me. Um, you guys will be meeting her soon. She interjected when they were, when my friends were absolutely roasting me. And she said, I 
love her podcast. This is the Liz that I know and I love her. And it is, I mean, she's a more recent friend. So she, this is the version of me that she gets and the version that I hope to introduce myself to people with. Um, and I'm okay with saying that, you know, because this is who I am. And just because my other friends have seen me go through some very chaotic, toxic versions of myself, doesn't mean that person isn't somewhere in me, but I hope that she is a very small part of me now. Um, that the version of me that I am is allowed to continue to flourish without being weighed down by that old version of me. Um, and I'm proud that the people that know me as I am now love this version of me. You know, I manage a staff that is very receptive to me. Um, we have an environment that is very kind and receptive to feedback. You know, I don't always get it right, but now I lead a team that is incredible. The energy that we have cultivated at our facility and among our team um, is second to none because we all exist in a growth mentality. We exist in a growth space. We are all very receptive to feedback. A lot of our staff feels very comfortable um, coming to talk to me about issues because they know that I have their back. They know I'm not going to fly off the handle. Um, you know, I and I tell them regularly, there is nothing that anyone could say a member, a client, whatever, in which I would not have your back. Now, behind closed doors, we will always talk about what could we learn from this experience, but I will always have your back. I will not fly off the handle or be reactionary. Um, I will always be there for you. But in turn, I need you to communicate with me when you are dissatisfied with something. Um, it is my job to help create an environment where you feel like you can grow in. And in order to grow, we have to be receptive to feedback, which means that I am very receptive to feedback, which in turn helps them be very receptive to feedback. Um, and so we create this space where we are constantly learning, growing, improving our education, learning from one another, um, being able to say, especially as a trainer, I don't know, but I will find out is invaluable. I think a lot of times, especially in the trainer space, we tend, you know, we tend to feel like we have to pretend to know or people won't, won't take us seriously or they won't trust us. The hallmark of a professional is to say, I don't know, but I will find the answer for you. I, I aggressively stay in my lane now. Um, this posturing or pretending to know things or pretending to have the secret, I reject that vehemently. And our staff does a really good job of navigating that because of the environment that we have created. Um, but that takes intention and you have to start with yourself first. You have to say, you know, Hey, was this interaction? Okay. Can I do better? And that gives people the space to say, Hey, maybe I can do better too. Right. You always have to lead by example. And so by us doing that, we give room for our clients and members to do that. And it's kind of this big trickle down effect. It has really spread throughout our whole management, our whole staff. And then of course, into our client environment. Um, you know, our facility in particular doesn't, I mean, we have some top down management, obviously there's like owners and managers or whatever. Um, but we have more round table management and that we have managers of different departments and we are in communication so that if somebody has to take off or does something, the, the ship will still keep, the ship will still be afloat. Um, but all of us are doing 
we all have our strengths and our weaknesses, but we do our best to support one another, um, to help make that happen. And I say all that because it wasn't always that way. Again, growth evolution, um, in our space specifically, we used to have top down management and that was very difficult to grow in a space like that because there's a lot of control. Um, everything is, it's meant to be streamlined, but instead it just becomes kind of oppressive. Um, the way that we are now is that we can share ideas with one another and help each other grow and do better. And it has shown, um, members come up to us and tell us how incredible the facility feels. Um, on a personal level, people come up to me and tell me how much my energy has changed, how I seem happier and brighter and younger. Um, I had a girl tell me I'm aging in reverse. So I'll take that. I'll take, I'll take that W I'm not usually interested in people's feedback, but I'll take that one. Um, but you know, that was not easy. That requires a lot of meetings and conversations. Um, a lot of very specific language about growth and perception and personal responsibility for how we behave. This idea of personal responsibility for our own behavior is something that people I think really struggle with. And it is across the board. It is very easy to say, you know, especially when we're talking about, we know whether, whether we're talking about management or our personal habits, um, oh, well, here's what I did. And here's, here's why this happened. Here's why this happened. Um, and I said this in the last podcast, you know, I appreciate the why it helps us create actionable steps to do better, but the why isn't always important. The, the important question is, okay, well, what do we have to do moving forward to do better? So you gave me your why I'm going to provide a solution to that why so that we can look forward and move forward and you can't get stuck on the why we have to move actionable steps, habits. You come to us with a problem. We say, I've clocked your problem. I see you. I hear you. Do you want a solution to this problem? If no, I guess you can just keep doing the habit that you're doing, right? If you say yes, then we implement that and we move forward, right? Um, so listening to people is, uh, is a huge hallmark in getting them to change their behaviors, but a growth mindset is imperative to navigate that growth. In order to implement that growth, you have to have a growth mindset so that you can say, I'm going to make this change so that I can evolve. Right. If we say, you know, I want to be constantly evolving, then we have to say, I want to constantly be changing and doing better. So if there is a way that I can do better, please tell me, please let me know. I want that feedback. I need that feedback in order to get better, right? If you double down on your displeasure and you are upset and you, and you don't take responsibility for that, you are not going to grow. You are not going to evolve because you are essentially absolving yourself of any responsibility of the way that you feel or the way that you act. And again, we can't always control how we feel, but if you can identify how and why something makes you feel that way, again, this is the why, where the why matters, then you can say, these are intrusive thoughts or these thoughts are grounded in reality. And your intrusive thoughts do not always get the, do not always need attention. In, when we talk about our feelings, are your feelings grounded in reality or in intrusive thoughts? Where is this emotion coming from? Because your feelings are valid, but your intrusive thoughts are not. I will say that again. Your feelings are valid, but your intrusive thoughts are not. How do you 
pick apart what is rooted in reality and what is rooted in an intrusive thought. Where is this coming from? And that I would encourage you to talk to your friends, your family, a therapist. And are you clocking your behavior or your feelings and say, and saying, this is, I like these feelings. I feel good. Or maybe I don't like these feelings. I don't like how I feel. I'm not reaching this version of me that makes me feel good or makes me feel better. How do I do better? How do I not feed those intrusive thoughts? A lot of times our habits are rooted in emotion or denial. And again, shifting into a growth mindset helps us to say, okay, um, how do I not feed my intrusive thoughts? How do I create a more positive emotion around this? How do I think more positive thoughts? Um, and that's where we get into positive affirmations or think less, do more. Um, a couple of other techniques we try to use, you know, in order to execute without being emotionally based is number one or saying, you know, if we're in denial still, you kind of have to sift through that and say, am I, am I being honest with myself about the actions that I'm taking about the way that I'm existing in this space, in this world? Um, those are tools that we use to help navigate those barriers to habit creation, those barriers to change. Um, do we need to, you know, everyone is different. You know, I talked about, I, I have a tendency to bury my feelings, but I analyze my behaviors. Um, because sometimes, you know, I have to just keep moving forward. If I sit in my sadness for too long, then I become paralyzed with sadness and I can't move forward. On some days I have to sit with my sadness. You know, it, it is very situational. There is no one size fits all. There is no perfect way to do that. Um, but there are tools that you can arm yourself with based on where you're at. But the first step to navigating that is saying, where do I have room to grow? What is stopping me and what are some actionable steps I can take to move forward towards this place of evolution? Those are the big hallmarks. Um, you have to decide how you want to behave. You have to decide what your modality is going to be. Um, but I would encourage you if you have a hard time sifting through that yourself, please seek a professional to help you. Um, you can, I'm always happy to help you navigate. You can shoot me an email, um, at the Liz life. That's Liz with two Z's T H E L I Z Z L I F E at gmail.com. You can find me across all social media platforms, Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, um, at the Liz life spelled the exact same way. Um, if you found today's video helpful, or if you need more, um, please let me know. But if you did find it helpful, it would really mean a lot if you could share, subscribe, um, leave a review on, if you have, uh, Apple podcasts, um, please leave any comments. I would love to hear from you. It would really mean a lot. I'm always trying to do better for you guys. Uh, I hope that you learned something today and that you are armed with a couple more tools and insight to help improve your life. Again, this is The Liz Life. Thank you for joining me. I'm your host, Elizabeth with an S, and shine on, my friends. Welcome to The Liz Life.
Welcome to the list life. 